1: News and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220
2: KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about? One thing I don't do is I don't talk a lot about the economy. I like to have strategy days, and uh, I think those help probably a little bit more than anything else as far as getting people thinking the right way about how they should be handling money or thinking about money. There's something out there that I call the home ownership gap that it's almost tragic to me. The home ownership gap is a goal shared amongst home ownership is a goal shared by I think everyone kind of you know regardless of your race your race, your ethnicity, you know one of the main drivers of wealth creation for a majority of people in the United States it's vital to understand that you know the underlying characteristics that influence the probability of home ownership. Uh, marital status and family formation plays a heavy, heavy issue with home ownership. The ethnicity impacts the probability of home ownership. Ethnicity and home ownership rates is a frequent topic of research. So a lot of research reports that come across my desk. Um, <clears throat> you know, I saw one recently called the "State of Home Ownership: Home Ownership, Economic Mobility, and the Challenges Facing the Nation's." Latino and African-American communities. And I do feel like we kind of have a have and have not. And I think there's some correlation and some causation. Home ownership is one of the key components of achieving the American dream for a lot of people. I've recently been talking with Tony Mendez from Bay Area Loansource.com about. It's funny. Um, it's almost like the bigger risk you take in home ownership. The bigger upside you have. Um, a five percent move in a million dollar home is worth a lot more than a 5% move in a $160,000 home, and yet they both kind of move 5%. Yeah, Um, and you keep seeing it. And
3: every year, well, not every year, but we've been seeing it every year since the the recovery. Uh, Even the latest report came out, I think we had about 9.1% year-over-year returns in March, March over March. And a lot of people are looking at that. That's crazy. Uh, that we're still getting almost double-digit returns. Well, Alameda County got 13.7 percent year-over-year increases. Try not, um, try not to date the show. So
2: I know you like doing that.
3: We're still seeing these types of, of returns, and they're on big numbers. The, the median home price in the Bay Area is well over the peak that we saw back in 2007, 2008. Yeah, I'm gonna stop saying 2008. It was the real the real
2: peak was July of 2007. It's interesting because earning a bachelor's degree significantly improves one's ability to become a homeowner, and a census back in 2015 showed that 7, 15% of Hispanics had a bachelor's degree compared to 22% of African Americans, and that's a big difference of about 7 percentage points, and that education gap between whites and African Americans remains pretty stable. Um, that's about 11-14% different, since greater education attainment typically leads to greater income. Some of these ethnic differences in educational attainment levels also influence income disparities. And we have a home ownership issue in the United States. We
3: do, and it's it's spreading out. A lot of people, of course, are saying that the millennials are the next big buying um, um, wave, uh, whatever you want to call it. And they're carrying a lot of student debt. Uh, it's very interesting to see that. Even in the, the young 30s, they're still below 40% ownership rate for uh, millennials. Um, and if you don't go to college and you don't carry any student debt, uh, I mean, the chances are even lower. You're actually below 30%. So going to college still pays off even if you carry the debt, but the homeownership rate is still dropping because of that debt. There's a big shift in debt that we've been seeing from the last peak that we've seen. A lot a lot less mortgage debt, a lot more student debt. Student debt has doubled. Credit card debt has actually dropped and auto loans have gone up. So it's a big shift in where people are concentrating their money in, but yeah, with lower mortgage debt, we can kind of correlate that with the low home ownership rate, which we're seeing right around 1994
2: levels. It's interesting because at my income levels, <clears throat> my property in Raleigh, I don't care about. To it goes me, up 5% what's that, $2,500? $2, $2, $2, yeah, so yeah. for me to like at some point in time pay it off and just live, not live off the income, but add that income to my income is is the only concept I see there. And yet the the Bay Area real estate, I'm like, ooh, that could still significantly change my life. But less so after it's had a big move. Um, And the Portland office space, um, that's nice. But my income levels now, it's almost like I have to go out and take more risk with real estate if I'm going to get that quote-unquote leverage. Or better thing for me to do is... Just sock that money away in an investment account and not have the illiquidity of real estate. People are,
3: there are a lot of people who want to be in real estate are torn between those three options. Really struggling to find the means to buy in the Bay Area, to buy elsewhere, me like a rental property in Raleigh, like yours, and then eventually have somebody else pay that off, but and have a smaller investment into that. Right. Where you know if a 25% down payment there is less than 5% here, um, or move. And buy a place, and so a lot of people or put it in the stock market. So there's a lot of options that people who are trying to get into real estate are think, and thinking about this as their their ultimate goal, uh, and they're finding the Bay Area is pretty tough. Um, but I think people should start exploring these options. We're seeing companies right now following migrants uh, out of California. California is losing about a hundred thousand people a year right now, and co- uh, large companies are following these migrants to places like Nevada. A migrant isn't a field worker. N- no, we're talking about. Out, what they call out migrant, right? So people like me and you saying, you know what, we, we're done with California. We're done we're out. with California. Yeah. We want Sacramento is actually growing, uh, okay. so people are, are are going into the valley and saying it's a little bit cheaper here, and, and because of homes, a lot more people are able to stay in, that want to stay in California, or be able to work from home, are moving farther and farther out or further out, um, and um, and or moving to places like Portland, Seattle, Denver, uh, even Utah. Uh, and companies are following. And I think uh, California as a whole is going to start figuring this out, that we're losing billions of dollars in salaries and taxes as these migrants are are moving out. And, and um, taxes keep going up. And we're going to start seeing more furloughs, I bet. Uh, <laughs> and parks are going to close. Um, it, it's, there's going to be a trickle-down effect if we don't figure
2: out some way to keep people in California. And it's interesting, that you, one of the things you bring up there is that, some of the people who are staying in California have stayed there their whole lives. And they're people who own real estate at low cost basis. Yep. And low property taxes. So California is losing the people who, you know, pay thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars a year in property tax to the people who stay here paying six hundred, seven hundred. Um and there is still a population that comes into California. Um, <clears throat> but when you see all those people leave, a lot of those are taxpayers. So it will create a problem for, like you said, parks and some of the things that we find lovely. On the positive side,
3: the Bay Area still is the leading city in the nation or metro uh, MSA, Metropolitan Statistical Area, that grows the highest paying jobs on a yearly basis. Okay. So the Bay Area is, uh, you know, even though we're looking at some recent news, that $105,000 salary is considered low income in San Mateo County, San Francisco and Marin County, um, which is crazy to hear. I mean, you live in Richmond, Virginia, or Raleigh, or San Antonio. You hear that, you're like, what? Yeah, that's low income. Um, Alameda County's $80,000 household salary uh, is considered low income. But we're still drawing the high salaries here, Rob. And maybe there's just a, you know, one class of employment is replacing the other. And that's reflecting in housing.
2: 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air.
1: And your money on AM 1220, KDOW. On the iHeartRadio Radio app. black.com Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW
2: Chapel lanterns. It's time. Michael Myers theme playing playing my head. Children. Americans are going to spend an average $86.13 on Halloween. <laughs> Shoppers plan to spend $3.4 billion on costumes. No. Big costume of the year. Pennywise from It. That's me. Hey, kids. Watching the movie It really, really stoned does it make it more scary. Halloween spending is slated to hit a record $9.1 billion. <laughs> but you know what's disappointing is... I love candy Americans plan to partake in Halloween festivities. 179 million Americans are going to do something on Halloween, Halloween oriented. That's pretty nuts. It's cuckoo. It's loco in the cocoa. $86 each we're going to spend on Halloween. So I'm looking at Mike right now, and he produces the show in the morning. Unbelievably extraordinarily. Wonderful. And all he needs to do for his Halloween costume, white T-shirt, white pants, and a mop, He is Mr. Clean. He's got the shaved head. Why do anything else? Why spend $86? I don't get it. No. You know who I'm thinking about being the scariest person of all? Harvey Weinstein. Too soon? Too soon to be Harvey Weinstein? I'm going to walk around with a bunch of scripts in a bathrobe with a big debut on my, on my uh, bathrobe.
1: Are you out of your mind?
2: Maybe some massage oil? Too soon? Too what soon? the matter with you? So we're going to spend $86 each when all you need is a bathrobe and a bunch of scraps with a big W on it. In search of Halloween-related goods, 47% of shoppers told the National Retail Foundation that they visit discount stores. Great place to get Halloween costumes, obviously, uh, if you're going to be spinning a do is thrift stores. And, you know, actually, it's not a bad idea to go to like Palo Alto, uh, like a thrift store there. Because a lot of rich people give away a lot of expensive clothes that they never wear once. Still has the price tags on it. Just saying. I would say I would give you $100,000 if you ever see me in a Radio Shack. You know, this is true. I've never been spotted in a Radio Shack. But I won't make that same deal for a thrift store. Halloween continues to be a highly anticipated holiday for Americans. It's a nice fantasy, right? It's a nice break. I'm not saying anything, but one year I had a girlfriend dress up as Roller Girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what? Are you with me, Dirk? I am an American God. So Halloween continues to be highly anticipated. How many people did I say are going to participate in Halloween this year? 171 million people. We can't get 171 million people to vote. We can't get 50 million people to vote without having like. Uh, two loser candidates basically, you know, slamming each other pretty nauseatingly, uh, aggressively. 171 million people. We should have Halloween be our election day. And to get candy, you have to go vote, right? Right? Record spending expected around Halloween this year. Um, good for retailers. Good for Amazon. Um, that's the only play that I can imagine is playable on. Halloween. Now you can go like with the candy angle, like a Hershey. But now, 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 I think it's an Amazon play yet again. So Halloween breaking a spending record yet again. Do you have any six extra dollars, or should you put that into your car payment? Put it in your car payment. Go as Mr. Mr. Clean. Go as Harvey Weinstein. I know, I know. Some guys are going to steal my costume idea. So um, now, we, women, I highly recommend you go as Henrietta Weinstein. Get a bathrobe and get a bunch of scripts. But, but again, you don't have to promise guy scripts. <laughs> so, Say what? Uh, you had me at the bathrobe. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Halloween is celebrated around the world. In the United States, costumes, trick-or-treating sum up the Halloween experience. But in other parts of the world, Halloween celebrations range from cemetery gatherings... To buffalo racing, I know what you're saying. I once heard a rumor that there was a festival of cows. That's true. In Nepal, it's a carnival that celebrates the dead. I know you're saying, "Are you kidding me, Rob?" No, go Google festival of cows in Nepal. Festival of the Hungry Ghost in ancient Chinese traditions that include lighting lanterns and going to the opera. That's pretty scary. Going to the oh opera. My God no way. I once took a girlfriend to the opera, and we went to see the Civil War one, and it was awful, um, because it was done in English, which, if you're going to do opera, do Italian opera, in my opinion, but try to do it, go to an Italian opera in France, and it'll just confuse you um, because the French like you to speak French and do your, their operas in French, but do an Italian opera in France is the way to do it, because that's classy. That's classy-like, but... um Yeah, don't go see an American opera on the Civil War. Where they go like this. War is so sorrowful.
1: But this war is the most sorrowful of all. Versus this.
2: I could listen to that all day. In fact, it's just in the show right now. Fat guys in tights never sounded so good. So, dressing up as a ghost school or fantasy figure is pretty popular, like I said. Um, And many, many Americans are going to do it. But I want to go to a buffalo race. I don't know why I want to go to a buffalo race, but I'm pretty sure that I want to go to a buffalo race. Um, In Ireland, Halloween was born as the Celtic festival of Samhain, when ghosts walked amongst the living traditions abound like bonfires and eating barmbrack? A fruitcake whose content can tell your fortune? Come on! Fortune-telling fruitcakes? Find a ring and you'll be married within a year. A thimble and a singlehood is in your future. A stick and lots of travel in your future. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Irish, even their traditions make me want to drink. So, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. And a little Halloween. I'm Rob Black.
1: and questions are always welcome visit rob black online at robblack.com now back to rob black and your money on am 1220
2: kdow dow hits up triple digits at the open today caterpillar 3m and others doing quite well into record territory again Whoa, let's talk about it. Bring in Patrick O'Hare, How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
4: Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks.
2: I saw recently that you won a big award. Can we talk about that? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you won. Um, how did that, how, tell me how this all came about.
4: Well, um, so the award you're referring to was the um, Market Watch's top economic forecaster of the month. Uh, and it was for the month of September. So uh, in addition to <clears throat> some of the other things I do at briefing.com, you know, like page one and the big picture, which oftentimes is more stock market centric, um, although the big picture obviously uh, dips into the realm of economics every now and then. Um, I also provide the... Uh, economic forecast for the briefing.com economic calendar so and it just turned out i guess that uh, the forecasts that i provided for september were were better than a lot of forecasts that other people provided (laughs) So it has to feel pretty
2: good it has to feel pretty good because at times a lot of people think that wall street feels like a game but there is a lot of math and a lot of science that goes into a calm understanding of what direction we're moving
4: Right. Well, I joked, uh, you know, I don't have a Ph.D., so I guess uh, I, I might have saved myself six years and uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars in education <laughs> by by not doing that and still, uh, still won that award for that particular month. But I guess it also would be remiss not to add that it's the first time I've won that award, which is to say that, uh, you know, um, I, I've learned, like many others, that economic forecasting is a very humbling endeavor.
2: With that said, let's talk about um – market forecasts and it feels like the market's ahead of itself i'm going with it maybe we'll have a less of a good year next year and kind of balance things out but are you feeling that there's too much momentum because turning on the television this morning on bloomberg and seeing the dow was going to open up triple digits it's like whoa uh, didn't we just hit a big round number and now we're moving towards another big round number
4: uh yes and yes uh and it's driven though today i mean by the very factor that you'd want it to be driven by which is really better than expected earnings news and <clears throat> and better than expected guidance um, yeah. you know it's particularly encouraged by you know what Caterpillar and 3M both said you know two industrial companies um, you know uh, and both of them talked about increasing end demand across all product segments and across all geographic regions in which they operate uh, and that's encouraging commentary and it, it fits uh, reflation theme that we that has helped push up stock prices here in recent weeks, and which is starting to weigh more on treasury prices. So you you know you want to hear uh, companies talk about an improved earnings momentum, and that's necessary really to help validate this move that we've seen in the stock market. And granted, you know valuations look full, <clears throat> um, in, but you need to have that good earnings news. Uh, to support those full valuations, and and currently the market isn't finding any real incentive to, to abandon its bullish bias because even though market rates have creeped up some of late, you know, they remain relatively low, and you've got good earnings growth still shining through from some of your most important industrial companies, and, um, you know, and, of course, you still have the, this whole idea of tax reform hanging out there, and, and there appears to be, if nothing else, some momentum in the narrative that you could see something get done before the end of the year in that, on that front. And so what we talked about a few weeks ago, Rob, you know, when Warren Buffett said, look, I'm not selling because I think in a few months' time I could get the benefit of a lower tax rate and sell then. And I think that that continues to be a real important source of support here uh for the market uh, as we move through the fourth quarter
2: interesting stuff now let's talk about the fourth quarter well, let's talk about earning season uh we've seen some just across the board so far some banks come out better than expected uh but today it's caterpillar and 3m but it's also a lot of other companies that are coming out and showing just real strong result- results um, this is a busy week for earnings season. Uh, do you think that kind of earnings momentum can continue? Because I don't think we were looking for this solid of a number of growth of earnings, or is it one of the ones that we were overpromised and they cut expectations, and uh, it just feels like we're beating lowered expectations.
4: Well it's certainly going to be the latter case, uh, which is which is status quo really I mean that's how right. Wall Street operates and how the market reacts. Uh, you have analysts that oftentimes will lower their numbers uh, just in front of the reporting period, and that has to do in large part with the fact that they have more complete source information that they that they use as inputs in their models and uh, than they do at the start of a quarter and so you oftentimes see those estimates come down. And then, lo and behold, you see the companies come out um, and and surpass those lowered earnings expectations. Oftentimes, helped and, uh to a certain extent by share buyback activity that sometimes can be difficult to model for, um, and uh, and a lower tax rate. So, there's sometimes there are. Issues surrounding the quality of the earnings reports, but the fact of the matter is, is that S and P 500 companies in aggregate almost always come out and uh, and report a final earnings growth rate that's roughly about two to three percentage points above the consensus growth rate going into the reporting period. Um, So what we've seen though lately is that you know the actual uh, blended growth rate for the third quarter, according to FactSet, is is one point seven percent. Okay, so that's not that's not like super strong by any means uh, but you're seeing stronger revenue growth and at the same time you're also seeing analysts hold fast to double digit growth expectations for the fourth quarter and the first quarter and that's what's really i think keeping the market um uh, supported as well so you're not seeing a real strong reaction to the to the earnings news overall in, in a number of cases because a lot of stocks have run up ahead of those really strong reports. But at the same time, you're not seeing any real conviction on the selling side or the profit-taking side uh, because investors are cognizant, I think, that uh, you're going to see stronger earnings growth in the next few quarters. And again, like we talked about, uh, there's not an incentive right now for a lot of people to take profits because they want uh, to see if you potentially see a lower tax rate in the coming months.
2: I don't want to ask a specific question. I don't know if this is appropriate, but today I'm seeing McDonald's hit um, an all-time high, and I see that it's up roughly 90% in the last five years, and it's one of the big leaders this year. And yet, between you and me, we could can candidly say we wouldn't let our children eat there. It's considered child abuse. It's the last kind of resort for food. Is it really food? Calling it a restaurant is kind of silly. Um, Does it make any sense that a company like a McDonald's can hit a 52-week high and maybe even extrapolate that into this is one of the reasons why individuals shouldn't use their personal biases picking stocks because I'm biased against McDonald's, and yet it's one of the greatest stocks of all time.
4: Right, well, I, you know, I have to uh, full disclosure here, I'm not biased against McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's frankly, so I have contributed okay. to those strong same-store sales results, uh, Rob, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, you so know, I'm look, stop. It, it, <laughs> the, the thing about McDonald's, though, is that, of course, it's uh, it's quick and it's affordable, and uh, and while there are some obviously knocks against the nutritional aspects of what McDonald's can offer, uh, it, people are busy, right? Uh, Dual-income households uh, running around chasing kids, chasing jobs, not a lot of time, uh, and then frankly, not a lot of disposable you know income left over, uh, and so right. McDonald's has a value proposition there that uh, that checks off you know, some boxes for a lot of busy people. And I think it's, it's showing up in the results. Um, uh, They have made efforts to improve their, their nutritional offerings. And uh, at the same time, they are receiving the benefit now of a weaker dollar uh, and, uh, and that strong value proposition that they continue to offer.
2: Speaking of which, let's talk weaker dollar. That's one area that I don't play terribly smart with um i just don't get it it's tough for me to explain it on radio it's tough for me to feel how do i describe that to listeners so they don't get confused how much do you factor in weaker dollars when talking about record highs and uh market outlooks and maybe even specific stock ideas
4: well i think you know over the long term it kind of balances itself off you know because um you know, you, it, it it becomes cyclical in some ways. You have periods when the dollar is weaker, and periods when it's stronger. And and over the long term, I think it it kind of evens itself out. So, uh, it's it's the short term swing factors that that come into play. So, and you're hearing that right now uh, from some of these multinational companies that they talk about you know the impact of foreign exchange and and so on a quarterly basis. You know, it does account. Uh, for something uh, when you have a, a weaker or a stronger dollar. And right now, uh, the trend in the dollar has been, um, uh, you know, weaker for the most part this year. And companies that do business overseas are are getting the benefit of that uh, from a translation effect. And you're seeing that show up. I think uh, partly in what I talked about is that you're seeing stronger revenue growth overall for the S&P 500, and that's being helped in large part by a lot of these um, multinational
2: companies. Sounds good. We've got about 45 seconds left, so I'm going to just go ahead and plug briefing. Thanks very much. Uh, Briefing.com is a great source of information, both domestic and international. It's not unbiased. Um, You can start your day there as I start my day there. Uh, with page one, I think it's a great way to start the markets. But there's a lot of information, like story stocks, some of the coming IPOs. You can see what's hot um, as far as getting investor interest going. You can see some technical ideas. You can see some dividend plays. Uh, there's too much to explain in under a minute. But check out briefing.com and Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. And congratulations on winning that award. I think that's pretty darn cool. Reasons, See, it's a little different
1: around there. Don't get me wrong. I'll bury anyone and But it doesn't matter now. Just come and love me. High like the way you're young. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Got an event coming up. You can check out where, when, why. It's typically tied towards retirement income. It's typically in the Bay Area. And you can always use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's RADIO25 to get in for free. Uh, This event coming up in mid-November is in Los Gatos. It's a Thursday event, so I will see you there. McDonald's sales top forecast. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, same-store sales beat expectations in the third quarter, proving that cheap food uh, offers and a push into healthier options and customizable I premium like burgers were beating back competition. It. Um, it's, it's had a while where they're trying to reverse the core sales. Uh, they're under pressure from Chinook Chipotle, Mexican Grill, and Panera Bread, amongst others, You know, introducing fresh beef quarter-pounders, premium customizable sandwiches, such as the signature Sriracha. Uh, as well as mobile ordering and delivery. There's fast food and casual dining segments, quick service restaurants, QSRs. And this is you know encouraging both for the market and for the customer share for uh, McDonald's. And their competitors like Wendy's and Burger King um, also are squeezing in on the trend of you know getting consumers out of their house and into their restaurants. Uh, and ordering their food, uh, obviously with a company like McDonald's, you're talking about investment—not investments, but exposure into China, UK, and Canada. So it's telling you a really big picture. Uh, revenue was about 5.75 billion dollars. You can see a lot of cows going down. You know, oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Um, you know, fleshing out the idea just a, a skosh more. Um, I want to add in or chime in just a little bit more on the uh, millennial. And trying to get that millennial out there to buy food is not the easiest thing in the world. So we've recently seen, you know, some uh, pretty crazy things as far as uh, product in restaurants like McDonald's and uh, Burger King and, well, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, just in time for Halloween, is serving up something to me that's pretty scary. And I couldn't imagine uh, the, the, the three words uh, coming out of my mouth. I'd like a Kit Kat Chocodilla.
1: Yo quiero Taco
2: Bell. Um, that I can't ever imagine saying in life, but I just did. Taco Bell is testing a dessert product. So, well, that's good. At least it's not, you know, considered, you know, your primary source of uh, food. Uh, for dinner or lunch or breakfast. But the Kit Kat Chocoladilla Uh going to be at select locations in Wisconsin through mid November. Uh, melted chocolate and Kit Kat pieces folded in flour tortilla. It sells for a dollar. It's cringeworthy to me. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, just. Get <laughs> it's cringeworthy.
1: Uh
2: oh. Get he wants in to, he my says. Belly. Two and he'll take two to go for the road. Take it home. Um, there you go. Yeah. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Um, markets have just had an amazing run, and we're now moving into engagement season. Oh no! Don't say it. Uh, Some of the most popular days to get engaged. uh, Thanksgiving through Christmas. Or Thanksgiving through New Year's, I guess is the right way of saying it. Six of the ten most popular dates to get engaged land in December. Engagement season starts at Thanksgiving and it runs through Valentine's Day. No! It's family time. People want to show Mom and Dad the ring and pop some champagne. No! (sighs) No! a website called RareCarat.com, and it's carrot c-a-r-a-t rare and it it kind of compares diamond prices for you and ratings and it's powered by IBM's watson powered search tool and helps shoppers figure out typical stats for a stone in their budget and uh areas where you can kind of like try to make it work for you me personally i say go with the cubic zirconium uh, but also, there's a story out there now that millennials are opting for rings made out of silicone. Difference between silicone and silicon, just so you know, there is a difference. Uh, but millennials are uh, opting for rings that cost ten to twenty dollars because you can do a lot with silicone, and um, as far as making beautiful diamonds. So not beautiful diamonds, but beautiful rings. And it's uh way cheaper, if you know what I'm saying, than uh going for a piece of you know, well, some a rock, ultimately. So a twenty dollar rubber band instead is the idea. Traditional wedding rings can no longer keep up with the active lifestyles of a lot of couples, uh, leading them to seek other options to show their loved one their commitment. I think this is a great idea. The silicone wedding ring. It's more durable, practical, and affordable. Uh, a lot of people just uh, misplace their rings uh, for whatever activities they're doing, whether it's cooking or showering or you know athletic activities. Uh, firefighters, military officers, they do it out of safety concerns. Um, so there's a company called Q A L O Quelo, um, and basically, just because you're newly married and loving each other, you don't have to go out and spend thousands of thousand dollars on a ring um everyone should be wearing these rings made out of silicone they're strong and durable they're hypoallergenic Uh, they don't react to chemicals or acids they're waterproof they're non-toxic and they cost twenty dollars or less each Quelo.com. it's q a l o um consider it so spend your whole life together don't spend your whole life uh, you know, paying back for dumb things like weddings and uh, wedding rings. Unless, of course, we get a sponsor that's in the wedding industry, then, of course, run up the bills, run up the tabs, run up the debt. It's the only way to live your life. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Find me on Twitter, robblackshow, YouTube, robblackshow.
1: Your Money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. Hi, this is Rob Black from Rob Black and Your Money. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever, and it can be hard to even know where to begin. But focusing on a few essential issues can help increase your income in retirement and your chances of enjoying a secure future. Join us for retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar Thursday evening, November 16th from 6.30 to 8.30 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Registration is $25. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Sign up at Roblackshow.com. CFP Chad Burton is going to discuss transitioning your portfolio from accumulation phase to the income phase. Passive versus active portfolio management. Choosing the right accounts to draw from first, minimizing your retirement income taxes, social security strategies, good and bad retirement products, and much, much more. In addition, I will discuss the market outlook, and attorney Michelle Larman will explain how to update your estate plan to reflect the latest laws. It's Thursday, November 16th, 630 to 830 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Registration is $25. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com, and use the code RADIO25 to get in free